0: Welcome to the Intentional Man Podcast, a podcast that inspires and equips men to lead lives of intentionality and grow to their full potential. I'm your host, Jonathan McGinley, a life coach that helps men just like you create the life that you want and live a story of significance through my coaching and tools on intentionality. Thanks for joining and welcome to the show. Hi everybody, welcome to the show. So excited to be here with you today. I got um, Rob Stout, great friend, mentor to me, um, with us on the call today. Rob, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Awesome day. Good to be alive.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, so thankful for you and you taking the time to be with us. Um, Rob is a business professional. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a life coach. He has an amazing uh, coaching um, business going on right now, helping men um, with their lives, taking them to the next level. And uh, so I just have a lot of respect for Rob and what he does. And I've been able to be a part of one of his retreats and it was super impactful for me. So just a lot of respect for you, Rob, and so grateful that you get to be with us today. Thank you.
1: So excited to be with you and excited about what you're doing, man. So excited Uh, to be here. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Good, good. Well, um, so I want to jump right in today because this is going to be a good episode. So I I brought Rob in. um, He wrote a book um, called Getting Even, Countering Life's Hard Knocks. And uh, this was a book he wrote and just really talking about how do we handle the hard knocks, the hard times in life? Um, Because it's inevitable, right? We're all going to go through these uh, valley seasons, tough times in our life. So when they come, how do we Actually, really handle those. So that's what we're going to be kind of diving into today. So, Rob, I'd just love to jump in and just kind of hear some of your story um, to get started. So, just tell us about this book first of all. What was kind of the heart behind it? The vision? What compelled you to write this book?
1: Yeah, uh, it came out of actually a really tough. You can call it middle age. You can call it whatever. But a lot of things in my life caught up with me uh, and hit me as hard knocks, um, as they do every man at some point in their life, uh, it started really as a creative writing project that I was just like, you know what, there's something in me. I want to get this out there. Um, And I got to start with the name. First of all, uh, people are like, Oh no, it sounds like some vendetta book, some revenge book, some, you know, villain movie or something. I'm like, here's where (laughs) it came from. Uh, Mark Twain, actually one of his characters in one of his short stories. Um, he says this, there's an older man who is talking to a younger man and the younger man had gone through some tough things in life. And Twain's character looks at the younger man and he says, a man should not wallow in his disappointments. Instead, his objective should be to get even with him." Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to come back. I'm going to get even, I'm going to, but it's not going to say person. It is against a thing, an experience um, and getting back to what you know you were made for, what you were built for, what God intended you for. Um, And yeah, there's a little fire in the belly there, no doubt. Uh, I think to make comebacks in life, you've got to have a little bit of healthy um, fire in the belly. You can call it revenge Mm -hmm, if you want, but anybody who has seen a series of years tick off, they're like, man, I got to I gotta get back, right? So that's really where that where that title came from. So yeah, in my that. life, there was a series of years like that too. And so that's why For I sure. chose that title.
0: Yeah, I love that. Because it's easy in those difficult times to act or to be so defeated where you just are all on the, you know, you're just reacting to everything. That to me, when you were talking about that, just makes it sound like, okay, I'm getting on the offensive. I'm actually taking initiative. I'm being proactive. I'm taking gotcha. my life back, you know, fighting. So I love that. I love the theme of that. I've seen that in your life. Um, and so I'm excited to just hear more of that story. So take sure. us back. Um, so I, you know, coming out of college, I know you, you jumped into the business world. Tell us about some of the things you were doing in business and then you kind of made this transition, um, into being a pastor, just walk me through that season of life and kind of what led to that.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of years that are flying by here. So we're talking about decades, sure. right? Not <laughs> yeah. months. Um yeah. but I think really I went through some uh good renewal development time in my life during that time. Um, and I came back to uh, an original passion, which was to help people understand um, man, that God doesn't hate them, God God loves them, God's crazy about them, God is passionate. Uh and he's not this little wimpy Jesus guy that we see. Uh, he's, he's very different than that. And so my background, I really wanted to go uh, finish my master's degree. Um, mm-hmm. I was a first generation college student. Um, completing my master's was a big piece of that. So I went back to, uh, to school, finished a master's degree. It was like a hundred hour master's degree. It was nuts. Um, not your 30, 40 <laughs> yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah. degree, but, uh, my wife and I were at a point of, uh, and we had worked through some, uh, some tough stuff in our marriage during that time. And we were like, you know what, we want to stay in Colorado. Um, and I found a church that, uh, gave me the opportunity to, you know, they would hire a rookie basically. Um, yeah. I had some experience at that point, but, uh, was the first time lead pastor in a church and I wanted to speak and teach and lead um, and bit off a really, really difficult job. Um, mm. And they hired a really young guy um, as far as experience goes. Um, and we gave it everything we could, everything we could uh, to the point where there was a place where I was just like, you know, I, I can't do it. I don't have in me what this takes. Mm. And my family is hitting a point. My kids were Approaching middle school age, uh, my wife wasn't in a good spot. Uh, I was beginning to deteriorate, and so I took a step away from from that at that point. Mm, yeah, yeah. And and this was a big story,
0: you know. In the first part of your book, you talk about this season yeah. of life, and how this was one of those hard knocks, one of the times that knocked you down. So, um, can you take us into that season a little more in terms of what did that look like for you and? as you look back where where do you feel like things maybe went wrong or just like how did you end up feeling like you got knocked down in that season where you really had to build it back up
1: yeah you know it was looking back i'm very thankful for this season of life and Mm -hmm. this was oh man this was 14 years ago this was a long time ago um And here's the thing. And a pastor told me this the other day, you've got to let this go. This thing does not define you. And, uh, but to go through something that is that personal, like to lose a Mm -hmm. business is one thing. Uh, you don't go into ministry, uh, with, with just your, your, your mind or your, your strength, you go in it with heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's almost like somebody putting all the chips on the table uh, with a sports career. Like you don't think about plan B. You don't think about getting injured. You don't think Mm -hmm. about those things. Um, And I didn't either, we just went for it, hoping for the best, thinking, man, this is gonna be great. And it didn't work out. And I own a lot of that. Um, This was not a real healthy environment anyway, Um, Mm -hmm. but I own a lot of that and actually took a lot of blame for that. The thing I did was, was what a lot of men, I know men listening to this podcast turn to. What do you do when you're, when you're in pain? So here's my life. I had set this goal. It didn't work out. I switched to plan B with great hopes of just going, yep. Okay, here we go. And ultimately in me, there was, I just wanted to be successful. I wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. I wanted to to be what I was made to do. Well, when you feel like you're just down and you keep, you, you can't catch a break. Yeah. What do you do when you're in pain? What do you do naturally? You want to, you want to get really out gotta, of the pain, get out of it. I mean, it's yeah. natural to, yeah. to, to want to be in pain and to enjoy that is a, is a psychosis. <laughs> right. Right. So right. I, that's what I did. Uh, I was never a, uh, heavy drinker. In fact, I didn't I was a guy in college, I didn't drink at all. Mm -hmm. I don't boast about that. But that just wasn't my thing. Um, We had had some alcohol addiction problems in my family. And I was like, man, I'm not going down that path. Um, But we lived in a really fun neighborhood. I mean, it was like we called it the quad. It was it was all the time fun. We just we had a great time. (laughs) Every birthday, every football game, every Saturday afternoon, every Friday night. And I developed, uh, over the period of time, just a place where I could numb what was going on in my life. Um, and also emotionally, not paying attention to the emotional core of my life. Yeah. That you can do that for a while, but eventually it comes out in different ways. I call it Mm -hmm. leaking out. You know, you can push, a, a. it's like being at the pool trying to push a ball underwater and eventually yeah. it just comes squirting out. Right. When we try to yeah. push things down in our life, it comes out one way or the other. Um, For sure, and it was coming out through anger, through, um, through myself, just telling myself I was a failure. And I keep repeating yeah. Yeah. that over and over again. And, um, you know, and just wanting to, want to succeed i just i wanted to succeed and and ultimately um i came to a breaking point yeah so yeah sense i sense I failure in my life yeah. i personalized it i don't deal with uh with failure uh, yeah well, that's what i was gonna I personalized ask personalized it
0: yeah, so, yeah 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 was that kind of the big overarching feeling that was not taken care of coming out of that season into the next where you're jumping into corporate world again like what were the kind of leftover emotions that were pushed down that then kind of just stayed, they were underlying, you know,
1: underlying in that season? There were so many things going on, uh, but there was an underlying message. And here's, here's what I did with disappointment. I didn't just Mm -hmm. say this disappointment happened to me or this failure happened. Instead, when, when I internalized that and said, I am a disappointment. I am a failure. Yeah. You know, there's an old Japanese, uh, ninja, um, statement. It says, uh, some Japanese proverb says, do not, do not tell yourself bad messages. Do not send bad messages to yourself because the warrior inside doesn't know who's sending, who's sending that message or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. the reality is when I started repeating messages of Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I am these, I am statements. Yep. I am not successful. I am not significant. And people look at me and they're like, Rob, what are you, what are you talking about, man? You've got all this going on. Yep. And I needed to deal with disappointment, with anger, um, with really the core of who I am and where I get my significance from. Mm-hmm. Um, It was a really, really good, good, but painful season.
0: Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. Well, guys, this is huge. I think what you said is so profound there of there are times in life where we are going to fail, but being able to separate, I am a failure from that situation was a failure is monumental in terms of how we move on. Right. Because. Just because that situation didn't work out the way you wanted it to does not make you a failure. It does not make us a failure when things don't work out the way we want. But so many times that's the easy thing to do is to say this situation happened and so I am a failure. And if you go through with that mentality of I am a failure because of this, you know, if you take that on as your identity, that is a a powerful message that you're sending to yourself on a consistent basis of I screwed this up, I'm the failure. And then you go into your next se- you know, season with those same messages still playing on of look what I did last time. I'm the failure instead of this was an isolated situation that didn't work out. How can I learn from that? It doesn't mean that I am a failure. It just means this didn't work out, but who I am, my identity is not a failure. What right. I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from that experience and I'm going to move forward. And I think that's yeah. you know what you're saying is it, which I've done in my life, I think so much of us do that, especially high achievers and people who want to be successful, right, is any situation where that doesn't go the way we want it to, we attach that to our identity. And that's what it sounds Absolutely. like
1: it kind of happened to you. Yeah. And Jonathan, yeah. here's the thing, nobody else was doing this. But I beat other people <laughs> to the punch. And I'm, yeah. I'm still in process with that of like, hey, listen. Um And I think that's, the one thing I would like to leave with this group yeah. uh, with men here is understanding the different parts of who you are uh, and for a little sure. bit of some of the things that we, we did on the retreat, but yeah. you're right. When you internalize a message, when I, I'll use personal mm-hmm. when I yeah. internalize a message, it becomes reality. I mean, for sure. You know, there are studies that are done on, walking into a room and and slumping your shoulders versus standing back, you know, Mm -hmm. or even just Mm -hmm. raising, you know, taking up as much space as you can, you become, you know, it's not fake it till you make it. It's fake it until you become it. Yeah. In a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. And that's not just humanism, like raising up the self. It's just, I think it's how we were designed. You know, we were designed to be, you know, heart, soul, mind, strength, all of that. Um, yeah. And what I was doing is I was shaming myself and yeah. nobody else was. It was me.
0: Yeah. It was me. Which is a huge thing to kind of realize. And oftentimes what we do, I mean, yeah. you said from the outside, people are looking at your life saying, oh my gosh, look at him. He's doing all these amazing things. And then you on the inside are going, I'm a failure. I screwed this up. And, and it's so easy to project our messages that we're telling ourselves onto other people, assuming that they think the same thing, <laughs> right. right? Like, right. But usually that's not even the case. But so many times we have this fear of failure and this fear of what other people think that we assume other people are thinking the same things that we are. And so you're coming out of that season and people probably just see you of like, wow, he, you know, transitioned from a pastor and now he's in his career and he's got a great family. But you're thinking that whole time of, oh, my gosh, I failed this. So everybody's probably looking at me now. Thank Absolutely. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's like being your own worst enemy. It's like in Fight Club when Edward Norton's out in the parking lot and they see him beating himself up. Yeah, You're like, what? And here's the irony of this, Jonathan. During this time, my daughters were in, in high school. Two of them were playing competitive volleyball. The other one was uh, in acting and, and, and theater and stuff like that. And yeah. I would repeat this line to them. It was a Russell Wilson quote. His dad told him he would take him out when he was a kid To the practice fields and watch these other kids play and his dad would say to him why not you russell why not you and Mm. i would i would pump these girls up and like hey why not you rachel why not you mackenzie why not you maddie go get it you know and we'd listen to to eminem songs you know you got one shot on the way to volleyball tournaments meanwhile i am trying to figure this stuff out and work through this in my own life. And it was like, I was given my own pep talk, you know, that I needed to hear. And there was a definite turning point there when I started to internalize that and just go, all right, I got to get my life right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear more about that then.
0: So you're, you know, you had this super hard time, knocked you down, you're feeling down for a while. Um, got these feelings of, you know, failing and and, and all this going on. So what was the turning point for you? And how did you kind of find freedom from that message? And how did you come out of that?
1: Yeah, that was also a series of years. These are not one shot, you know, you're yeah. down. It doesn't happen like it does in a movie in an hour and a half. It happens over a series of years. Yeah. Um, ultimately, there was a point in my life um and this is why i love uh men's retreats okay um and you were part of the with everything retreat that we did yep. um i was at a men's weekend and i was up there just helping starting fires setting not starting not not starting fires <laughs> controlled <but> fire managing <laughs> controlled fires <laughs> managing you know campfires and helping out sitting sitting stuff up and I came to a point in my life, Jonathan, where I was, it hit me so hard, like I cannot live this way anymore. Mm. I don't want to live this way. I will not live this way anymore. And here's the thing, uh, you know, my, my faith is a huge part of my story, but it hasn't been a constant. It wasn't like it started here and it's always been this way. And this I think is important uh, for men to know, it can go like this and it can go down and even off the radar and then back up. It Life is not a, a constant, you know, straight line up. Mm-hmm. There are seasons and there are cycles. Um, and God from my youth understanding, but very different started to come back. Like mm. I, there was a man that I went to and I was just like, his name's Dan. I was like, Dan, I cannot do this anymore. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I go, and we just, I literally had a very, very strong man uh, who just helped walk through that with me. And then yeah. there's another friend of mine who's now 81. Um, his name's Dallas. Uh, I got with him and I just, he was a guy that I knew that I had led before in ministry. And I just was like, hey, I need, I need a strong man in my life. And I started walking through um, a 12 step program with him. Um, and I, dude, I was the guy who took guys to AA meetings. Yeah. Like, I was like, well, you need some help. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what they do there, but here, let's go. And there's something in that process of saying, hey, there's something in my life that has to be dealt with. And one of the key, I'm not sure what step it is, uh, one of the keys of those is there is a cycle of insanity. I keep going back to the thing to meet a need that's never going to meet it. And it doesn't meet it. It does a little bit, but I go back to it again anyway. And it doesn't meet it all the way, just a little bit. And it's this cycle. It's a cycle of insanity. Yeah. Of going to something that partially meets your need. And that was for me, alcohol. It could be work. It could yeah. be drugs. It could be porn. It could be anything in a man's life that he goes back that gives him a partial little bit. of the answer, but not all of it. And it doesn't fulfill it. And that's where I think saying, you know what? There is something that I need to deal with deep inside. My friend Dallas was a guy who helped me get through that. Mm -hmm. And then um, I went about six months later, I went to a a men's development weekend called the crucible, uh, which was hugely instrumental in my life. And that was a, and started an ongoing process of beginning to a take responsibility for my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take responsibility for the things that I am choosing to believe about myself, that I'm choosing to do, the excuses I make, all of the yeah. BS excuses. I mean, I would I would be in a conversation and I, I would make it about somebody else, and the reality mm-hmm. is having the power uh, to stay and to go, yep, I take responsibility for that. Wow. It's huge, including That's my huge. own feelings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Including the way I feel, taking responsibility for my feelings. Um, So it's been uh-huh. a several years. It's been, that all started happening in about 2015. So this is like, like I said, not overnight. Yeah. Yeah, been for sure. Seven year, and it's been an ongoing lifelong process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I'm just in the infant stages of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for sharing. And that's, that's yeah. powerful. I love, you know, I love hearing that. And I think what you said there right at the end is so critical on taking responsibility, taking ownership. Um, and honestly, I just heard a lot of humility in your story in terms of actually being willing to get help. Um, even though it it could feel embarrassing, it could feel difficult to do. um, That was something that you had to do. You had to, you know, take the responsibility and then ask for mentorship, go to groups, be a part of men's retreats, whatever it was. Um, But I think, you know, and you talk about it in your book, it's so easy when life comes at you and you just feel like you're getting knocked down to then feel helpless. And as a man, just retreat back. And right. then you take on this victim mentality in terms of like, oh my gosh, everything is happening to me. Why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Which is so natural to yeah. do, but but there are still things you can control and you can yeah. still control your attitude and you can still still control your actions. And, and I think that's what really flipped for you is when you started saying, Hey, you know, I am taking responsibility. I'm taking ownership for where I'm at. Um, yeah. And things really started to shift. So, Anyway, that's super powerful. Let me, yeah. let me jump in there on this too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I, I know there is a man listening to this podcast who needs to hear this. Okay. Yes. Uh, there is a sociology 101 concept called the Johari window. Do you know what the Johari window? I don't. Okay. Picture uh, four, let me see, four panes in a window. Mm-hmm. And it's known to self, unknown to self. And then known to others and unknown to others. Four, okay. four panes. Yep. There are things that, for example, you know about me and I know about me. You know that I'm wearing a, you know, whatever orange, you know, north face uh, pullover mm-hmm. today. That's known to each other. I know things about me that you don't. Right. Okay, And you know about things about me that I don't. Like you may notice that, you know, I don't know, something's wrong with my face or whatever today. There are things that are unknown to both of us about me. Mm. And here's the thing, throughout life, as a man, as a woman, as whoever, as we grow, those things in that unknown start to come out, right? And you may see it, you may be like, oh, Rob says um a lot. Well, that's unknown to, to me, but it's known to you. What about the things that are unknown to each other? and they start to come out. And when that happens, my tendency is like, Oh no, what do I do? I I try to stuff it down and be like, Oh, that can't be seen. Like when I discovered that I had a binge drinking problem, yeah. I didn't want to tell anybody about that. It wasn't yeah. known to me. When I discovered I had addictive tendencies in life, uh, like, Oh no, I got to hide that. Well, the reality is I, another strong man like yourself couldn't come and help me with that. And so when I push it down, it becomes that much more powerful. Now here's the thing. My life also cannot be a smorgasbord to everybody else. That's not emotionally healthy. I can't, um, you know, just start airing. we're around people like that. You're like, dude, what is your deal? You can't, that's not healthy. But the reality is having small environments that are trusted and safe and where there is a high degree of confidentiality, those those are hard to cultivate, but absolutely necessary. I got in a group like that, where that container is absolutely sealed and we know things about each other and we help support each other in those things. And accountability doesn't become, you know, you asking me, Rob, did you drink this week? And I go, yeah, I did, you know, you know, accountability becomes, I want your support in this area of my life. Yeah, And, you know, and that's very different. Accountability becomes, instead of you, you holding me up, me asking for help to do something that I want to become, but it all comes out of, when that unknown stuff starts to bubble up what do we do and that does yeah. happen in every person's life there are things for sure that we don't know about that are there and they come up and they're scary man yeah uncomfortable I, I didn't know i was capable of that anger or that compulsion or that whatever and so what does a man do that's where we need other men around us to what? help yes you know mhm so
0: Yeah. And it sounded like, yeah, you got really trusted mentors and friends in a close group. And also, yeah, some guys who are older than you who helped walk you along and, you know, speak into that. That's huge. So this is this is such good stuff. I want to I want for our listeners, if somebody's going through a tough time, say we got a young guy, he's in the middle of it all. Yeah. We talk a lot about just being proactive, being men who are intentional. That's the, you know, the purpose of the show is not letting life happen to you, but really being proactive and taking intentionality in your life. So if you were talking to a younger guy who's just starting to go through a really difficult season, what are some of the pieces of advice that you would give him to really get on the offensive and to be intentional in a really difficult time?
1: Number one, tough times, hard knocks are the norm. They're not the exception. Mm. Right? I mean... (laughs) Unfortunately. They are, yeah. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus said it himself. In this world, you will have trouble. But I've overcome that. So you could lean into me. I mean, so... I look at pain and I'm like, Oh no, I'm bad because I'm experiencing this or life sucks. And I don't, you know, or I don't deserve anything bad to happen to me. I also talk about that in the book, the entitlement side of things. It's the norm, man. You know, this isn't heaven. This is earth and it's got pain attached to it. Now, understanding also, and I, this is the central message of, of getting even is those things can do something really, really good in you and really healthy mm, yeah. in you. And the degree to which I stiff arm them and, and don't embrace them as something helpful uh, is the degree to which I don't learn. But also the degree to which I embrace those as my identity also gives me an excuse not to learn and not to grow. Sure. Both of those things are true.: Yeah, you know. Does that make sense? yeah definitely yeah they're normal i would be like man they're normal lean into them on the one hand don't act like you don't deserve something tough to happen to you because you're not the you you're not the one person who's lived life on planet earth that nothing bad has happened to you would be the first and only on the other hand know that you are not a victim you have the opportunity to grow because of what's happening to you and all things work together for good. Yes. ultimately. I look back on these I look back on every season of my life and literally, this is at 54, 55. sorry. I look back on every season of my life and they were painful to go through, but I'm like, I did this just last week. I'm thankful for things that have happened. I'm thankful wow. for tough times. I'm thankful for everything that's happened. I'm grateful because it's built me into something I wouldn't be otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would never be. And it's like, it's, you know, you do physical training. Mm -hmm. It's a big part of your thing. If you got somebody that said, Hey, I don't want to ever hurt Jonathan, but I want to be, you know, I want to be in shape, but I don't ever want to go through pain. You're like, well, you're going through pain one way or the other. You're going to die of a heart attack (laughs) or we could really help your body and grow right but pain is part of the process yeah and it's a good thing
0: yeah oh that's powerful for sure yeah i think what you said there's so so good of of realizing that it is the norm that hard times are coming you know because we have to be prepared for those and um, it is a part of life unfortunately but also fortunately you know and in most of our stories i think if you ask many of us the seasons of growth that we had the most were probably seasons of pain and trial yep. and hardship. You know, that's definitely the story of my life. And, sure. um, so anyway, and I love
1: it will continue to be, it will it continue. Will.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It's not, and my it's question
1: not is who are you doing that with? Yeah. that's a good What question. other, that's the other piece is community. And I just Huge. don't mean, get in a group or whatever, but cultivating friendships. I mean, you and I could, could do this and just be that iron sharpening iron and that support, man, when you need it, who can you go to? And it grieves me to know that most men I talk to live lives of quiet desperation as Thro said, Mm -hmm. the vast majority of men have nobody in their life. Nobody. Yeah. And that's painful because I look back and I'm like, man, I'm so glad that man was there. I'm so glad that man was there. I'm so glad that guy was there when I needed him the most. He oh, was there. Yeah.
0: Guys, please, please take this to heart that even if you're not in the middle of a difficult season, um, it's coming, you know, <laughs> like, like I think we've, we've seen that through this of like, you will have difficult seasons in life. And so find that community, find that mentor, find the friends, find the group that, that can you know, that you can build now. I think that would be being proactive. Don't wait for life to come at you to then try to scramble and find somebody. Find a group now um, that you can really do life with. I think that's a huge takeaway. Um, And here's
1: the thing. The things I just described to you happened over the period of almost 20 years. Yeah. I mean, the the slide and then the comeback. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing erosion doesn't happen all at once. Like most of our lives are not a mudslide. It's a steady erosion. And a friend mm. told me years ago, he yeah. goes, Hey, Rob, and this is another older man who's in my life. He goes, just because you're strong at this point in your life in one area, it doesn't mean you're always going to be that way. You've got to stay sharp in it's kind of a watershed principle of once you start down a road, it doesn't feel that way at the beginning, but one step compounded with another compounded with another. I mean, like how do men, Jonathan, how do men end up? And I, this is kind of a far fetched thing, but not really. How do men end up with, you know, getting busted for prostitution or worse yet, like child porn or something like that? You're like, oh, gosh, that didn't happen in one shot. It happened in little baby steps. And it's kind of like erosion happens little by little by little. I mean, canyons that we see are continuing to be cut by what's going over the water that's going over them. And so my encouragement for men is to get strong men around you who sharpen you. I mean, that's, so that's how strong teams grow, you know, and not weak men, yeah. men who can look you in the eye and go, Hey, listen, can I, you Ask permission first, can I tell you something you probably don't want to hear? Well, no. Okay. When you're ready, let me know. Yeah. You know, I mean, That's why, you know, SEAL teams operate the way they do. Championship teams operate the way they do. Because all those guys are vetted and the world needs strong men right now, more than ever. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because we were just talking before we started this. It's snowing an inch out there and school's delayed for two hours. Give me a break. We are becoming a (laughs) soft country who is used to being soft. And I'm like, men sharpening other men who go, you know what? No, we're fine being strong. And if you want to criticize because we're strong, go ahead. Yeah. But we need to move in a positive direction. And that's why I think the idea of, of a team, of a tribe is so yeah. strong.
0: And it's so good. That. Yes, yes. I love that. That's incredibly good. It's hard to be strong. It's hard to continue to grow when it's just you. And and like you said, a lot it's of times impossible. if you, it's it's impossible, it's and 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 usually if you're not moving forward, you are slowly moving backwards. And so, if you don't have people who around you who can push you to move forwards, um, yeah, it's that slow erosion that can happen. Well, Rob, I, I one I, one thing that's so powerful about your story is just what you're doing now and how you took all this pain, and now you're using it and you're helping men who are going through the same thing. So. Uh, I just love to hit on that real quick. How then did you go from this season of trial to now doing everything you're doing and, and what is compelling you to do what you're doing now? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You saw the smile (laughs) come on my face. Oh yeah. Um, one word is redemption. Yes. Uh, and that's when something that was lost is found again and, uh, brought back and renewed, but very, very different. You look at any of the epic stories uh, ever written. uh, uh, Gladiator, one of my favorite movies, this guy was on top of it. Right. Maximus was he was on top of it. He was he was a a commander. And then he went through this crazy season and he came back, but he was different from what he started. in. Mm -hmm. And that is a story of all of our lives. Like we go through things we didn't ever want, we didn't ask for, we didn't we didn't know why they were there, but they're part of the macro narrative of our, of our life of something coming out that's good and better and stronger because of what happened. My heart, uh, and I want to achieve things in my life. I'm still involved in the business world. I love it. Um, I love meeting people and meeting their needs. That's what I do with my customers. And I've got the opportunity now to, um, as an empty nester, um, to, to help other men who are behind me. Um, mm-hmm. I heard a quote that said, you are perfectly suited to help others who are exactly who you were. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, so let's find some guys who you don't have to yell out to get off the couch. They get off the couch anyway. <laughs> They'll get off the couch and go probably hurt themselves or get in trouble, but they won't sit there, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. And those are the kind of men that I, that I work with. Uh, I love, I've got a passion uh, for, for men and what those men can be in their lives of their kids, their Mm -hmm. wives someday, their places of work, their places of influence. I mean, testosterone is like a fuel Jonathan, it either can blow up and cause an enormous fire, or it can be used for good.
0: Oh, man. Well, I love your story. And uh, I'm just so, like, just listening to it, uh, I'm just proud of you for doing the hard work, um, mm-hmm. for just sticking through it. And then using, using the pain, using the trials, you, using those lessons that you learn now to help men uh, who again are in similar situations or are going through similar situations um, is so powerful. And I think that's so cool because, you know, take, let's rewind back to the first part of this, this podcast when we were talking about how it's so easy to take on failure as your identity. And that was a yeah. temptation. But if you were still wallowing in that, if you were still taking on that identity of because I went through this tough season, I'm a failure. You wouldn't be doing everything that you are now. And so I think that's just so powerful as you were able to just put that in the past and say, you know what, that season was difficult, but I'm going to use it as fuel now to help men. And I'm going to have this amazing ministry, this amazing retreats, things that are, that are helping men through the things that I went through. And I think that's so cool because guys, like if you're listening to this, we will go through difficult times, um but when you come through them and you come through them so much stronger then you're able to impact people in a way that you never could if you never went through them and so rob is a living testimony of that and i just am so appreciative of you and um yeah if you are a man that is looking for community looking for other guys rob's retreats are a great place to start um yeah. so i would definitely highly recommend those and uh, i got to go on one it was a really powerful time just being raw and being real and I know a lot of men found some, some good freedom
1: from things in the past on one of those retreats. So
0: all that to say, thank you, Rob.
1: Hey, that book, man, I'm going to throw out a shameless plug for that book too. (laughs) That book may be a really good book to give somebody, Um, you know, don't give it to them say, Hey, you're a loser. Read this, (laughs) you know, be like, Hey, listen, man, you know, I care about you. I love you. Um, you Go on Amazon uh, look up getting even countering life's hard knocks. You can grab that. It's right in the book season too, right? So everybody needs a Christmas present. So there you go. There you go. There it is. Go grab it. Another shameless plug. (laughs) Hey,
0: I am all about it. No, thank you for your time. So guys go pick up that book. It is good. It is a good one. So, all right, Rob, well, thanks. All
1: right. Thanks a bunch.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Intentional Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. If you are someone who is looking to take your life to the next level, accelerate your success, and live more intentionally, I would love to help. Shoot me a text at 970-430-6085, and we can schedule a time to meet to discuss your vision and your goals. Again, that is 970-430-6085. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, go to life that matters by living intentionally.